It's great to be here and to speak out from this passage that we just read. So, as Joel said, we are just continuing in our um, um, sermon series called The Rhythm of Life, which looks at how the Bible can speak in our daily and busy life, considering the theme of work, rest, and play. So we began this series by looking at the book of Genesis, um, the book where everything began in the Bible, and then we jumped into uh, Psalm. But today, actually, I want to go back in Genesis, as we saw, and consider what does it mean to be made in the image of God? What are these kind of aspects that we carry about God? And especially, my last point will be, is, is it relevant for us today to be made in the image of God? And why, actually, is it relevant? There is a famous picture that has been uh, drawn by a French artist called René Magritte. And this guy, Magritte, will think of himself more like a philosopher than an artist. And in one of his paintings, well, what... One of his ways of expressing himself was definitely art, as we can see. And one of his most famous artwork or piece of art is definitely this picture, which, as you, as you can see, is a pipe. But interestingly enough, in his picture, he wrote this, Ceci n'est pas un pipe. This is not a pipe. And it may seem a little bit weird, but the idea, the idea behind the painting is very interesting. Um, Magritte said about this pipe, about this picture, he said this, the famous pipe, how people reproached me for it, and yet, could you stuff my pipe? No, it's just a representation, he said. So if I had written on it, on this picture, this is a pipe, I would have been a liar. Now, as you can see, the, the pipe he drew is perfectly proportioned. It's a perfect pipe. It's one of the best representations of a pipe, as you can see. And we can clearly say, this is a pipe. But it is not. It's just like a picture, actually. If you look at a picture, for example, of someone, you can say, oh, that's Matteo, for example. But if you speak to that to the picture, that picture will never reply to you without beautiful Italian accent, isn't it? <laughs> so, the idea that is behind uh, this uh, picture is the fact that the pipe that Magritte represented, that Magritte drawn, was just a pointer toward a real pipe. And this is, a, I know it's a, like a, a very deep thought for a Sunday afternoon, especially having after the Sunday roast, but it's worth thinking. And we, read, we, read, we just read in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 that something happened at the moment of creation. And we read this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You know, whether you ask a, a musician, a writer, a painter, any kind of artist that you would ask to, they all would have their favorite work that they have created. And usually, the, let's say the justification behind this kind of answer, behind their choice, is the fact that they say, 
This is my favorite piece of work because I've invested all of myself in it. It clearly represents me. And in the moment of creation, we see that something similar happened. Because at the moment of creation of mankind, God said this, let's make humankind in our image. In God's plan, I think that humankind is the pinnacle of his creativity. Because differently from all other created things, humanity represented the most. Humans are God's image bearers. They are made in the image of God. But what does it mean? Like, like Magritte's pipe, we said that Magritte, Magritte's pipe was they, uh, wants to point to a real pipe. So like Magritte's pipe, we should have a writing, like a subtitle underneath us that says, this is not a god. Being made in the image of God doesn't make us gods, and we will never be gods. However, we carry some of God, God's attributes, some of God's characteristics, some of God's aspects. And this is what makes us different from all, from all other things, created things. A couple of weeks ago, the second sermon of this series, Paul said something very interesting that I noted down, and he said this, that there are things of the Bible that we cannot take aside because they are part of the story. And, be, and believing that there is a creator that made us in his image is part of the story. It's something that we cannot take aside. And in fact, if we go a little bit further in the reading of Genesis, in chapter 5, we read something even more interesting. There is the idea that all the humankind is made in the image of God. So not just the very first human person that God created were made in the image of God, but all humanity. And we can see this by looking at this verse, because chapter 5 of Genesis kind of represents, it tells us about the genealogy from the first human being to Noah. And it says this, the author of Genesis this is the written account of Adam's family line. Where God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. I don't know if you have a similar proverb, but in Italy there is a very known saying that says like this, tell me whose son you are or whose child you are, and I will tell you who you look like. And usually it's old people asking that question because they want to trace, um, they want to trace your genealogy up to the person that they know better. And there is something about the idea, um, about this idea that even the author of Genesis is doing here by saying, all humankind is made in the image of God. And so when you speak about, an old, when you speak to an old person about who you look like, they are not just merely saying in the physical appearance. But they are mainly looking for your characteristics, for your character. Who do you look like in your character? For example, I, my grandpa used to be a, kind of a famous person, I can say, probably a VIP for a, in a village of 2,000 people. He's not that famous, but he, he, he did many jobs in his life, so he got to know many people. And many, when people would ask, uh, would ask me, whose child you are, whose son you, like, who you are. And I would say, I'm 
Vito's grandchild, Vito is my grandpa's uh, name, they will say, oh, then I know you, you are good stuff, something like that. And, uh, and I think, and this is just because they knew who my grandpa was. They knew their, his character. They knew what he was doing. They knew that he would work hard. But the idea behind this genealogy that the author of Genesis is doing, tracing is the fact that every human person is made in the image of God. From the very first person created to the very last, every human person is made in the image of God. And so, what are the characteristics that we carry about God? So, if being made in the image of God means that we carry some of God's characteristics and we are not God, what are these characteristics? I think the first one is that in character, we carry some of the God's aspect, some of God's character aspects. For example, His unconditional love. I don't know, I know this is a bit cheesy, right? But I don't know how many of you have you said in your life to a person, I love you despite this. Since I'm in UK, most of the time I found myself saying, I love you despite you put pineapple on pizzas most of the time. <laughs> it's such a, a, atrocious things. <laughs> but... I love you despite that. And this shows that we, have, we, we are able to love our unconditional love. And what's even more beautiful about this is the fact that we stick to relationships. We believe in relationships. And when things go wrong, we are able to forgive. And there is no scientific explanation to forgiveness. And yet we are able to forgive. We are able to deal with the uh, broken hardness and, and we are able to forgive. And... All of these characteristics, these are just two of the characters of God that I think we, can, we carry. But this definitely points us to something better, to someone who is better. They point us to God. So if the first thing that we carry about God aspects is the character, the second one surely is the relational aspect of being made in the image of God. You know, I think that, like I said, uh, unconditional love and forgiveness just are... I think they flow into the idea that we are relational people. And I think we can see this even uh, in the workplace. Uh, I think we are made to work in harmony with other people. And in fact, I think most of the times when this idea that we are made in the image of God is taken away from the workplace, we just become like money makers machines. We lose the purpose of the job. We just wake up because we have to. And work becomes meaningless, unsafe. And because I have a creative mind, right? I imagine this. I imagine that workplace becomes like an orchestra, an orchestra, right? Where everyone is following the same rhythm, but every instrument plays his own song. There is no harmony. And this is, I think, the relational aspect of God, the idea that we are meant to work in harmony. Then there is, after the character and the relational aspect, I think the third one is our functional aspect. What are we made for? Why God made humans in his own image? For what reason? For what purpose? In the passage that we, said, that we read, 
God said this in verse 26. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over the, all the creatures that move along the ground. So the purpose, there is a purpose in, uh, in creating mankind. If we, again, if we go a little bit further in reading Genesis, in chapter 2, we read that God created the man and the woman to be placed in the Garden of Eden to take care of the creation. So the functional aspect that we carry is definitely that of being caretakers of the creation. The idea is that we carry God, I think that we carry God's image. The idea that we carry God's image is, the, is to be found in the fact that not only we share some aspects of the character of God, not only that we are being made to be, we are being made to be relational, but also to give us a purpose. And the purpose is to partner with our creator, with the, the creator. And then I, I came to a point where, uh, when I was thinking, uh, and I asked myself, but what if, what if we are not made in the image of God? What if we are just a cluster of atoms that happens to be uh, on this earth just by a lucky shot uh, of the universe? I, I called it a universal lucky shot. I don't know if it makes sense. I think the idea, if we do not consider ourselves uh, being made in the image of God, but just um, a lucky shot of the universe, we lack of some moral identity, I would say, I would call it. There is no morality, and things start to, falling, to fall apart. If we happen to be here, even work would assume a different direction. Because we, it's not who we are who's going to count in life, but what is going to count is well, what, are we make, what are we able to make. What we have will be more valuable than who we are. And I think it's kind of harmful to think this, because life itself will kind of fall apart in a sense. Life will be meaningless again. And I think that because of sin, we tend to move more and more away from this idea that we are made in the image of God. I think sin is like the stain on a picture. If we would put uh, some tomato sauce uh, on, the, on the picture of the pipe, we will lose completely the message of the picture. We will not even be able to see uh, the drone pipe, no, never mind the real pipe that it wants to point us to. And so after looking at what does it mean to be made in the image of God, what are the aspects that we carry of God, the third point is, does it matter for us to be made in the image of God? 
or how does it matter? Why does it matter? You know, the, as I was saying at the beginning, to believe that there is a creator is part of the Bible stories. The Bible tells us of a creator. They made us in his own image. So the things that we can learn for us today, what we can take home today, is the first one is that if we believe that we are made in the image of God, we approach work in a different way because as we said, we are made for a greater purpose. Ash was saying in his first preaching of, of this series that we are created for a greater purpose. And part of this purpose is exactly going back to our understanding of being made in the image of God and its functional aspect of taking care of the creation. But taking care of the creation doesn't mean that we just need to be concerned about the environment around us, about uh, the climate change or something like that. Taking care of creation also implies and involves the service to other people, to other people who are made in the image of God. Taking care of uh, humans, taking care of animals, taking care of plants, and any other created things. So taking care of the creation doesn't really belong to just the environment. But whether you are a teacher or a doctor or a, a full-time parent, you are still part of the greater purpose that God has made us for. The second thing that we can learn is that understanding that we are made in the image of God also changes the approach that we have with the people around us whether it is a work, whether it is a, a home, whether it is a school. And in my life um, so far, I would say, in my life so far, I've learned that working with people, I was working in coffee shops and restaurants, and sometimes when it comes to food, the Italian people are good, but they can also be very annoying. They are very fussy, let's say. And I learned that can be very tiring to work with, this, with, with people. But when you consider the fact that being made in the image of God is part of our stories, and that you are working for a greater purpose, which is to take care of the creation, the way you interact with those people is different, will change, because you will change. For if you are a manager, for example, you definitely will learn that you are not managing just people who have to make money for you. You actually work with and for people to show their potential. If you are retired, for example, I think that retirement will have a sweeter note because even God rested. And if you are still a student, even your studies are important because they are all fall in the basket of taking care of the creation. And you know, even if you are unemployed, I will say, it matters to God. Because ultimately, it's not what are you doing in your life, but who you are, who you represent, who are you pointing to. There is an example in the Bible. There is an, uh, an interesting story, actually. And it's the story of, um, of Philemon. Philemon was um, a wealth man, a wealthy man. He had money. And uh, he had slaves, 
And one of these slaves that he had was called Onesimus, who, who did something that he was not supposed to do. It is something illegal, actually. He flew from Philemon and probably stole something from Philemon. But Onesimus didn't, flew, didn't flee from, like, to just a place in the world. He flew, he flew to Paul, who was friend with the Philemon. And in fact, Paul wrote this letter to Philemon that is in the Bible. It's just a few verses, one chapter, just a few verses. I will really encourage you to go and read it. It's a very interesting story. And Paul wrote this to Philemon. In verse 16, he says, 15, sorry, he wrote this. Perhaps the reason Onesimus was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord, as a brother in Jesus. So, the first thing that we can learn from this story is the fact that we can work for a greater purpose, that we are made for a greater purpose. The second one is it changes our attitude toward people around us. But the third reason why being made in the image of God matters is the fact that when it's applied at work, at home, again, in school, in life, anywhere, you understand that there are differences in responsibilities, but not in dignity. The Apostle Paul was saying to Philemon, who according to the law, he had all the rights to kill Onesimus. He could take Onesimus, to take his life, and then just forget about it. But Paul says this to him, forget about who the world tells you he is. Remember, forget he's a slave, forget all the rights that you have on him. Remember who he is in the Lord Jesus. And welcome him, no anymore as a slave, but as a brother. The idea behind this sentence is not the fact that Onesimus shouldn't have worked for Philemon anymore. Onesimus was supposed to work for Philemon again. But the dignity that he had was totally different. So how can this gap be closed? How can a master be equal to his slave and a slave equal to his master? I think that we can close the, this gap by looking at the cross of Jesus. In fact, at the cross we see that all the three aspects of God's image, character, relational, and functional, are met. At the cross we see an unconditional and selfless love. The cross tells us about a reconciliation story where God wants to reconcile to him all of the humankind so that when we believe by grace, and this is the functional aspect, by grace we may have the assurance of projecting the image of God that we carry, not only on this earth, but toward eternity. An eternity where we will be with our own creator. Don't get me wrong, your boss 
will still be your annoying boss, maybe. But your value is equal to him or to her. Again, as a boss, you won't manage anymore. People, machine, money makers. But you will see partakers of God's image. And your retirement is as important and worthy as someone who works. And even your unemployment is important because wherever you are on this social scale, the cross of Christ comes and meets us and tells us this beautiful reconciliating story. Again, the cross doesn't change the responsibilities that we have on this earth. Being made in the image of God doesn't make us without any responsibilities. Actually, I think that being made in the image of God makes, gives us a privilege, but many responsibilities. <laughs> it helps us, being made in the image of God and looking at the cross, helps us to look at our work, at our rest, at our play from a greater perspective. It tells us that it doesn't matter where we stay, again, on the social scale, if we work or not. But we matter. We matter for God. I think that ultimately the cross is able to speak to us, restore us, and point us to the greater purpose of eternity. Where we will be with our creator who made us in his own image. That was not a pipe. I am not a God. No one is a God. But definitely... God uses us for his glory.